Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, I thank you. We come into your presence by the blood of Jesus and nothing else. Father, I thank you that you open our ears that we can hear, that you open our eyes that we can see that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan and you. And Father, a spirit of your grace on this meeting. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The women's meeting is based on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. We're not going to read it today. But we're going to go to John 10. And I'm going to start this with, do you have the guts to believe the word of God? Do you have the courage to believe the God above what you feel and what you think? Do you have that kind of courage? You know, there are those of us that we would rather believe what's in our hearts and how we feel than to believe the word of God. Your thoughts and your feelings are going to perish. The word of God's going to abide forever. So we read this in John 10, verse 35. Jesus speaking, the Messiah speaking, your Savior is speaking. He said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And then he says, and the scripture cannot be broken. Cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be changed. And you can't break it. If you believe it, it has to come to pass because it won't change. Your thoughts, your feelings do not save you. Do you hear me? Your thoughts, your feelings don't save you. It's the word of God. It's Jesus that saves you. So we're going to take a look at some things today. We're going to encourage you to believe the word of God and not how you feel and not what you think. Some of you'd rather just believe what you think, and then nothing happens, and you wonder why. All right, uh, we are going to go to Hebrews 12. We talked about this last week. We ended talking about the correction of God. And I want to remind us before we go on, chapter 12, verse 5. This is the writer of Hebrews speaking. He said, and have you forgotten the exhortation? The exhortation. Not the bad news, the exhortation. That speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he scourges every son whom he receiveth. If you are in that place where you are wondering why you are in the situation you are in. This just may be the correction of God. And if it is, he loves you. And that's why he puts you there. If he is trying to expose to you your stubborn, rebellious, prideful heart, then you better start being thankful. Because he puts you there because he loves you. If he is correcting you, that means he has received you. Isn't that beautiful? If he is correcting you, that means he has received you. There is nothing better than being received 
by the God that made the universe through Jesus. And then I want us to go to verse 10. For verily, for a few days, he chasteneth after their own pleasure, our fathers, but he for our profit. Why am I in the place that I'm in? For your profit. God's going to profit with or without you. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you for anything. But he is chastening us for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I remember the days, and it was after I came here to Plano. There were days that God was correcting some things in my heart, and I tell you what, I thought it was anguish. What have I done, and how fast do I get out of this? More than once, my office was on the west side of this church, far away, as far away from everybody as I could make it. And I remember going down that hall with my hand on the wall because I was falling apart and I just wanted to get to my office and it happened more than once because the minute my office door was going to be closed, I was going to be on the floor weeping again and again and again. And I thank God for those days. Because you know what happened in that office? Kathy died. Kathy's will. Kathy's stubborn will. Kathy wanting things for Kathy died. And God changed my heart. But they were hard days. But I hold them precious. Because that's where God changed me. That's where he could use me but he had to break me first smith wigglesworth makes the comment he said i have been broken and broken and broken why do i have to go through this i have been broken and broken and broken you know what it says in the psalms a broken and a contrite heart god will not despise thank god for those days Thank God if you're looking at coming into him. And if you haven't, go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask. All right, now I want us to turn to Exodus 34. We are going to take a look at the God that is correcting us. Because I know when I grew up in the Methodist church, thought that what was going to happen was I was going to have to follow God as best as I could. I mean, do everything that they told me. And then, not knowing if I was pleasing God or not. I had no idea how to please God. And nobody told me how to please God. They just said, you had to do this, you had to do that, you had to do this, you had to follow the Ten Commandments, you had to, you had to smile, you had to, you, know, you had to behave in church, you had to, you had to join the choir, you had to I mean, all these things. And then when you got to heaven, you were going to find out if you did it right or not. And if you didn't, it was too late. It was too late. And I remember in my bedroom one day, I was a young teenager, and I'm sitting on the floor going, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. I'm going to go to heaven, and then I'm going to find out whether I, I, I did it right or not. I said, this isn't fair. What am I going to do? Do you know what? God heard every one of those prayers. He heard every one of them. And he, at the right time, said, I'm going to send you somewhere where you're going to learn how to follow me. Do you know that this word of God tells you exactly what is expected of you? It tells you exactly how to walk. 
It tells you exactly what you can expect when you are standing before Jesus. We're going to look at who the Father is and who is dealing with you. You want him to deal with you. Don't run away from him. In fact, I'm going to title this whole message today, Run to Him. Run to Him. They never taught me that in church. If you will go with me to Exodus 34, verse 5, God himself tells us his nature. He tells us his personality. He tells us what we meet when we meet him in prayer. This is who we meet. This is who we talk to. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with Moses. Stood with Moses. Moses couldn't see his face, but he stood with Moses. And he proclaimed his own name, the name of the Lord, talking to a man. Talking to a man. The God that's far above all gods. The God that dwells in a light that we cannot even approach unto. The God that with Jesus created the world that you stand on and a universe that you look at at night was standing there talking to a man. Why? You'll see why. They passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. This is Jehovah. This is the one you come to. And he says, the Lord God, merciful, merciful, gracious, long-suffering. We think if we screw up today, that that's it. Long-suffering, really long-suffering. Forty years he suffered them in the wilderness. Forty years waiting on them to do what he told them to do. Forty years, long-suffering, abundant in goodness. Abundant in goodness. This is Jehovah. Abundant in goodness. That's what he says about himself. Not what they're saying about him. This is what he's saying about himself. Abundant in goodness. This is the one that's dealing with us. And truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And then his nature that will by no means clear the guilty. There has to be a day where God will say that is enough. But you know what? He's long-suffering. It isn't going to be today. It isn't going to be today. He is long-suffering. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and fourth generation. Turn with me to John 15. This is the God that deals with us. This is the God that puts his hand on us. John 15, Jesus is speaking. Verse 19. He said, then answered Jesus and said unto them. And these are the ones that are trying to kill him. Jesus is speaking to the people that are trying to kill him. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Another way of saying, this is the way it is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. The Son can do nothing of himself. Do you have the courage to believe the Word of God? Do you have the courage to believe what the Word of God says above what you feel or what you think or what you've been taught? Put away what you've been taught. And look at the Word of God. Look at it for the first time. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. 
Everything Jesus did, he couldn't do himself. Why? He tells us that in Philippians 2 and in other areas. He emptied himself of all his godly powers, all of them. And he became a man like you and I. He became a man like you and I. He emptied himself of all of them. He could no longer do any miracles when he came to earth as a man. And he's telling us here, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For whatsoever things the father doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Jesus did only what the spirit of God in him told him to do. Jesus couldn't heal a flea. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That is the word of God. Three times in John, Jesus says, I can do nothing of myself. I can't do this. It is the Father in me doing it. Jesus could not heal. Jesus could not cast out the devil. Jesus himself said, if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out the devil. Who was doing the casting out? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? The Spirit of God cast out the devil. The Father did the healing. So think about this. Jesus is sent to the gathering. Who cast out the devils in the gathering? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Who is the one that sent Jesus to the gathering to cast out his devils? God. Jesus didn't go anywhere on his own. He didn't do anything on his own. He didn't speak anything on his own. Who sent him to the gathering? The Father sent him to the gathering. Why did the Father send Jesus to the gathering? For God so loved the world. He sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but to save us. Who loved the gathering? The Father. Do you know that God is your Father? Do you know that God was the gathering's Father? Do you know? That Jehovah was the Gadarene's father. His heavenly father. He's the one that sent Jesus. Go cast the devil out of him. And Jesus did by the spirit of God. He couldn't do it on his own. He had to rely on the father to do it. And the father did it through him. The woman who was taking her son to bury him. The woman in Nain. It says that Jesus came up. She had a whole funeral procession behind her. The woman had lost her husband before, and now she's losing her only son. Jesus comes up to her. He's got a group behind him, and they meet. He looks at the woman. He has compassion on the woman. Who put the compassion in Jesus' heart? Who put the compassion in Jesus' heart? It was the Father. Why? Did you know he was her heavenly Father? Did you know he didn't want her to be without her son? Do you know that was Jehovah in Jesus that stopped the procession? Do you know it was the Father that told Jesus, stop it? 
Spirit of God out of Jesus' mouth, out of Jesus' mouth, said, I say unto you, arise. And what raised him from the dead? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Jesus can do nothing of himself. It was the Father that raised that young man from the dead. It was the Father working through Jesus. Jesus was the vessel. You know, Jesus humbled himself and became a vessel. Jesus humbled himself and became the vessel. When you see that Jesus could do nothing except the Father working through him, you see the New Testament in a whole new light. You see that's the God that's got his hand on you. That's the God that's dealing with us. The one that sent Jesus to the Gadarene. The one that everybody that came to Jesus got what they came for. Their devils cast out and healed. It wasn't Jesus doing it, folks. It was the Father in him. It was the Father in him who brought the crowds. Who brought the crowds to Jesus? The Spirit of God in him. The Spirit of God in him. Who brought you to Jesus? Who brought you to Jesus? Who brought you to Jesus? Father brings us to Jesus. And anyone that comes to Jesus, he will in no wise cast out. It's the Father that brings you to Jesus. It's the Father that leads you into the wilderness. It's the Father that corrects you. It's the Father. I want us to go to 2 Corinthians 5. 19. I can feel your hearts now. You're getting all nervous. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. This is totally different than what I have been taught. Yes. Do you have the courage to believe the Word of God? Do you have the courage, the guts, to believe the God over your feelings and what you have been taught? Now, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. To wit. Well, let's go back to 18. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, God was in Christ. God was in Christ. God was in Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself. Reconciling the world unto himself. You know, I heard when I was in the denominational church that Jesus was the good guy and God was kind of the bad guy. God was the mean one and Jesus was the one that was saying, oh God, come on, you know, be, be nice to him. Be nice to him. I'll go down and die for him. That is totally false. God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world to who? To himself. To himself. God was in Jesus reconciling the world to himself. With Adam, he lost a whole lot of children and he wanted them back. And even from the beginning of the world, the gospel was already put in motion. 
Why? To reconcile us back to the Father. Acts 2, by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Foreknowledge of God. God's deliberate plan was to put Jesus on the cross. God's deliberate plan. Deliberate plan. He's the one that sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent. He sent. Jesus didn't volunteer. He gladly came, but he didn't volunteer. God sent him. He sent him. Why? To reconcile us back to himself. He sent him to reconcile us back. Who's the one that put Jesus on the cross? It was the Father. Who's the one that led Judas there to go arrest him? It was the Father's deliberate plan that Jesus be arrested. It was the Father's deliberate plan that they scourge Jesus. Why? His scourging was our healing. It was the Father's deliberate plan that Jesus be nailed to the tree. His own son. Why? So we could be reconciled back to him. It was the Father's deliberate plan that when Jesus was on the tree, nailed to the tree, that the Father started putting every sin that was ever committed or ever will be committed on that body. It was the Father's deliberate plan. The Father put Jesus on the cross. The Father put our sin on him. The Father is the one that put our sicknesses on him. The Father was the one that put our curses on man. That's why he was hung on a tree. He took all our curses. Why? So you could be reconciled back to him. So you could be reconciled back to him. That's the one that's dealing with us. That's the God that's dealing with us. That's the God that puts us in the wilderness. That's the God that corrects us. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. He does it because he loves you. If you'd have told me at the beginning of my correction that God was doing this because he loves me, you wouldn't have wanted to told me that. But you know what? I saw I saw it was the deliberate plan of God to get me corrected so he could use me. A broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. Run to him. Run to him. When you start seeing what's in your heart, you run to him. I want to quit. You run to him. This is the God that put his own son on the tree for you. Run to him. Run to him. Don't run away. Run to him. I want to go back to my old ways. Run to him. Now, I want us to go to James 4. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Look at this next phrase. Oh, look at this next phrase. Draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. He knows your heart. He's greater than your heart. Run to him. 
I don't have what it takes. Run to him. Run to him. He is able to change the heart. There were days I thought, I'll never get this. I just don't have the heart. He changes hearts. He will change the heart if you run to him. Don't run away. Run to him. In the middle of the sin, run to him. And he will show you Jesus. He will bring you to the foot of the cross. He will show you what Jesus looked like for you. He will show you what God did with Jesus. He will show it to you. He will show you the man took your sin. He will show you that the man took your disease. He will show you. He will show you that he took your curses, that he took your heart, that he took your fear, that he took your unbelief, that he took your stubbornness, that he took your pride. Took it on his own body. That's what God will show you if you run to him. Now, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you need him. You need him. You need the spirit of Jesus in your heart so he can guide you. And you know what it says in, in John, I believe it is? It says Jesus will show you the Father. The more I worship Jesus and the Father, the more the Father and Jesus show me Jesus and the Father. You know, have you ever been in the presence of God? In the presence, knowing that you know, that you know that you are in the presence of God. It is for every man. It is for every man. All you have to do is start praising him and worshiping him. He seeks those to worship and praise him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for you. He's looking for us. To worship him. And I have been. And I, I endeavor to get there every night. Every night. To get in the presence of the Father or Jesus. Knowing that I know that I know that I'm in their presence. That's what the fellowship is. And you know what? You can tell him anything. He already knows it. He already knows it. You can tell him anything. And he will fix it. If you will let him. You need the spirit of Jesus in you. You need Jesus to fix you. You need him to lead and guide you. Romans 10 says that if you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. If you believe that he is raised from the dead. You will be saved. When the father put everything on Jesus. When he put all your sin. Your sickness. Your disease. Your curses on Jesus. Jesus died for you and went to hell. The father sent him there he sent him there why so he doesn't have to send you there he sent him there in your place and when Jesus satisfied the father for the payment for us the payment for everything we've done the father raised him from the dead and when he raised Jesus from the dead our sins were forgiven our sins were forgiven our sicknesses were healed. Our curses were taken care of. They were put away. All we have to do is believe it. Get that Jesus in your heart. How do you do it? Pray with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Fix me. I ask this in your name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.